Welcome. Well, so you just talked over this intro. It's fine. Just go. Welcome to Switch the Envelope Podcast. My name is Corey. My name is Jeff. How's it going, Jeff? Fantastic. I'm loving today. So this is uh, this is our inaugural podcast for Switch the Envelope. I'm very excited because we're going to talk about one of my favorite things in the whole wide world, movies. More specifically, we're going to talk about how the Oscars kind of fucked up by giving the wrong winners to their award show annually. In 1995, <clears throat> you know, the Oscars, this whole year was the year of, of, uh, of Forrest Gump, right? Forrest Gump had 13 nominations. It ended up winning six uh, uh, Academy Awards uh, on the night, which I guess would be disappointing because they lost seven, you know? Um, most notably for, for me, I think where they got it right, where they don't need to switch the envelope is like visual effects for Forrest Gump. Um, you know, that helped I believe it should have actually gone to true lies. <laughs> oh yeah. True lies for their wonderful miniature work. Yeah. Screw the, the, uh, <laughs> the advancements in CGI technology that Forrest Gump gave to the cinematic universe. Um, I don't think Lieutenant Dan really needed to have the, the legs gone. It's not just his legs. It was putting Forrest in all of the different uh, places in history and, you, you know, making it feel believable. Although when you go back and you look, there's there's some of those that aren't quite as convincing. <laughs> yeah. There's some there's some uh, some really jerky mouth movements from presidents that are talking that just don't quite add up when you look back in time. But that kind of, you know, you know bring, brings us to to what what this is. Like do the nominees or do the winners of the category stand up to the test of time? In in uh in this Academy Awards in a year remember that Stargate came out. One of my favorite movies of all time, Stargate. Snubbed, but we'll get to that later. The Flintstones. <laughs> we'll get to the all The Flintstones came out this year. Remember that. <laughs> Along with Little Women. Stop it. Little Women came out. I'm saying that we could have had Little Women for our Academy Award this year. Best picture. <laughs> Robert De Niro and uh, Al Pacino. They take the stage at the very end of the Oscar ceremony. Now, they're, they're there because they're about to be in the first ever movie together. Very good. Heat. Yes. Um, which, you know, was, was a big thing. You know, people, I'm sure, gave them a, a full standing ovation when, when they came out. And they announced these nominees for Best Picture in 1995. You have Forrest Gump, which we just talked about, uh, because it was the year of Forrest Gump. Then you have Four Weddings and a Funeral, which, really? <laughs> Does that, Best Picture? You know. Uh, then we have Pulp Fiction, which is a great movie. Quiz Show, which is a good movie, but kind of forgettable. Um, directed by one of the best people in the world, Robert Redford. Uh, but really, like, you know, I, I don't know. Quiz Show, best picture. It was good, but meh. Uh, and then finally, The Shawshank Redemption, which, holy shit, is a great movie. Hello, I learned to escape from prison with that movie. <laughs> right, and that's why you're here today. Exactly. <laughs> Two years ago, we wouldn't have been doing this podcast. Exactly, I'd be still with my parole officer. <laughs> um, 
So there's a there's a very imbalanced list, don't you think? John Turturro, that's who was in Quiz Show. Oh my god. <laughs> Delayed reaction on quiz show. Sorry, man. I was looking, just trying to figure out a quiz show. Yeah. I don't remember that. Remember how you said it was forgettable? Right. It's fucking forgettable. Absolutely. It's completely forgettable. I could care less about watching that movie now. You know know what I'm saying? Uh, I recently watched uh, Four Weddings and a Funeral, too, not not too long ago. Really? It was was on a cable. I don't actually have too many TV shows that I actually like if they're not on- A streaming service? Yeah. Yeah, I don't even watch the network television. But anyway, back to movies. But I, yeah, I was, I was watching. I, I I caught four weddings and a funeral. Sort of, I caught like the th- the three weddings and a funeral. I, I missed the first wedding. Got it. Uh, and it it's it's incredibly dated. Uh, it it doesn't Hugh quite Grant. hold up. Hugh Hugh Grant is very Hugh Granty. Um, he's Hugh Grant in everything. Yeah, I mean, like it's except an, in Bridget Jones's Diary, which I've never ever seen. But he's if I still, had seen it, he's he's, still, he's completely different. He's Hugh Grant. You know, I think the least Hugh Grant movie that he was in is probably like Cloud Atlas. I've never seen that. You know what? You're not missing much, but uh, he he is almost unrecognizable. I'm gonna make a note right now to see Cloud Atlas. I'm gonna write down. Yeah, sure. Write down, I mean, just it, go see you that. know, it's an interesting movie. It gets better on subsequent watches, but it's it's a it's really ambitious and it kind of falls short. It's done by the Wachowskis who did uh, uh, the Matrix movies. Oh yeah, stuff. I had so them over. Like, they had them over last week for dinner. Oh, yeah, we had nice you, wine. Yeah, the, the Wachowskis. Yeah, the, the Wachowski siblings. I think we need to call them now. Yeah, because, the siblings. Okay, um, cool. That's what they. That's what they told me. To they're they're making the transition, so yeah. you know. Cool. Um, so this this list already has two movies that are just forgettable kind of movies like four weddings and a funeral is fine like you, you watch it once you're like oh that was a fun british comedy and it's interestingly put together but best picture i'm not i'm not quite sure especially when it stacks up against even forrest gump or um pulp fiction or even shawshank redemption i think those are the big three that, that we're looking at here as real contenders now what we have to look at is pulp fiction pulp fiction and forrest gump and shawshank redemption now to be Brutally honest, but all three of those movies are great movies. So yes. really, I wouldn't have cared back in '95 if any one of them had won. They're all they're all great movies. They all have great directors. They have all great casts. The even though Forrest Gump is a little far fetched and a little weak sometimes, it's all good storytelling. All three movies and Shawshank Redemption is a fantastic movie. So yes, absolutely. So looking at this, looking at these films. We'd have to actually look really deep into them to really find why that one won over the other two. Why Forrest Gump was the winner, or or why Forrest Gump shouldn't have won. Exactly. You know, that's what I'm getting at. Why yeah. why that one had won over the other two, and why we think it didn't shouldn't have won because I don't think it should have won over well, Pulp Fiction. I definitely don't think it should have won over Shawshank Redemption. It it was the most commercially um, successful of, of the films um, at, at the time. Like like I said, like it was the year of Forrest Gump. For, Forrest Gump, uh, you know, broke it a bunch of. It didn't star God. It didn't, but it's well, it's it starred. Shawshank Redemption Tom Hanks. starred God. It did, but he wasn't God yet, right? That's true. Like he he had to wait a few years and uh, meet a dude from Buffalo before he became it's God. It's true. <laughs> <clears throat> um, Hopefully, people know we're talking about Morgan Freeman. I, I'm pretty sure people think we're, <laughs> people know we're talking about Morgan Freeman. Uh, so, like Forrest Gump at at the time. You know the the buzz was uh, around that movie because it was you know moving um, cinema techno- technological advancements like 
it, it was doing a lot. It was also telling a good story. It was an ambitious story to tell. Um, you know, it, it has Tom Hanks in it. It was about <laughs> special needs. It, it was. that. This is where the the um, the whole, like, uh, Oscars loves um, a, a slightly special person. Because yep. if, if you play somebody who is, is uh, you know, slightly handicapped uh, mentally, they, they really, really love that you go that deep. But yeah. really, Tom Hanks just sort of talked slow. I mean, the, the funny thing about it is... Laugh is lack. He, he was on an interview, I think it was a Graham Norton show, where... Like, yeah, really, he just used an accent. Uh, from Louisiana. Yeah. Uh, basically, he, like, they had the kid that was playing Young Forest, and that kid just played... <laughs> a kid from Louisiana. From Louisiana, yeah. yeah. Like, he wasn't doing a special needs kid, necessarily, and that's the way he talked. So, when, for, when uh, Tom Hanks was trying to develop the adult voice and character for Forrest Gump, he was just... He mimicked the kid... And, you know, wasn't really doing, like, a, a special person. He was doing, you know, just sort of like a slower draw, you, you know, like, he, he was sort of just affecting a Southern persona um, and then, you know, played innocent. So, you know, he was, there was a naivety to him and then slowing down that draw of, of Louisiana and whatnot sort of helped to build that character. <laughs> and everybody was like, oh, he's special needs. You know, and that's it's definitely, you know, how they sort of tried to characterize him, but they didn't. Well, the line, stupid is a stupid does. Well, yes, but that he's slow, but not, they weren't specific about like what was going on with him. You know, whereas like later on, I am Sam, they were very specific about like. um, Yeah, but I am Sam, he was supposed, it was specifically supposed to be a person with special needs no that, that's what i'm saying but he and he got snubbed for the oscar like he went too far whereas you know uh, in tropic thunder robert Downey <laughs> jr you know has that famous line about going full yeah but know. i mean in you know there's there's many cases where somebody who has played somebody who is either a savant some of the savant skills somebody who is almost there with special needs not always there or not all, not fully there and they take a home an oscar what they really should do is have someone who plays if someone who has complete special needs and actually show a real life. I mean, the, the closest to that with, with an Oscar win is probably Daniel Day-Lewis and my left foot. I'm I guessing. He, I don't think he had all, I don't think he was all the way there actually. What do you, oh, you didn't, you didn't I think he think went, it, he went no. full. No, I know. I think it was kind of the same thing. I think he was somebody who could, who could function in a normal capacity, kind of like rain man where he was able, he, you could tell he was actually, um, he had, he had needs, by the way, needs. no Oscar for rain man. <laughs> Well, we'll cover that when we go into uh, 1980s, 87 or 88 or whenever that happened. Whenever Rayman came out. Um, So, Forrest Gump is a good movie. I think of the three, it's definitely the weakest. Well, we got to think about what actually in these in these movies makes them so good. Because we can just sit here all day and talk about, oh, this is a great movie. This is a great movie. What makes it so good? What about Pulp Fiction makes it a great movie? Well, one, I mean, Quentin Tarantino, just in general. Yeah, like, Quentin Tarantino, you say his name. What about it? They, when you're sitting there in, a, in your chair and you're watching Pulp Fiction, what makes you watch it over and over? And it's not the director. It may be, it may, yes, well, it may be. The, I'm saying yes. not, not just the director because he's also no, the, yes, the writer. No, yes, it may be the writer and the, it may be the director. I'm saying what about that movie when you're sitting there watching it? Because you, when you're watching it, you don't know who's, who's the writer or director. You know, but I mean like somebody who's never seen it before, what makes you watch it again? Uh, well, the, there's an incredible ensemble cast. There's, um, you know, the the parallel storylines that converge 
in in a really really convincing okay. way. not convincing in a, in a really um compelling way the storylines yeah yeah so like when when um uh by the way hold hold on um you were speaking before before we started uh, Pulp Fiction in general about um, how there was a, a rape scene and that that was a significant thing um, to cinema at the time. Um, well, Shawshank male, Redemption. Male rape scene. Yes, but Shawshank Redemption has a, a rape scene in a shower where... Not just one. There was like several because he, he was trying to stay away from the guys called the sisters and he was trying to stay away from them several times. It took him, took him several different... Um, yeah, until he, Moments convinced, until he convinced him yeah. that if they shivved him in his ear, no, but, he would lock his jaw on his dick. No, if you remember, like, you go, they go through it, they go through kind of a montage. Sometimes he was able to keep him away, sometimes he wasn't, sometimes they beat him, sometimes right. they'd rape him. So that kind of went on for a little while in the movie until the guards protect him. No, but I'm saying both of those movies so in, you can included say, some sort of sodomy. You could, <laughs> you could say the 1995 Academy Awards were the best picture of rape. Yeah, it was all Male about rape. all about yeah. sodomy. Yeah, yeah, that's that's it was actually the, sad. More than it was the year of Forrest Gump, it was the, the year of sodomy. Yes, <laughs> male rape. There wasn't any rape in when when did uh, when Forrest did, Gump? Um, right. When did that Edward Norton um, movie come out? Um, American History X. Uh, I don't know. Is that around the same time? L- look that up in your Google machine. I don't have a Google. This is all coming from the top of my head. <laughs> uh-huh. It is. It is. Don't don't mind the keystrokes. <laughs> But American, um, I feel like American District came, came later. That came later. That came like three years later. Okay, I'm guessing. Later. I'm guessing. I think it came out around 1998. <clears throat> Anybody that's yeah, listening you're, you're, to this <laughs> can send us some some fan mail. Tell us about this. You know, fan mail because we don't we don't get email because that's because we're we're back in 1995 where they didn't yeah. have email. Uh, well, they, I think they had email. It was just real slow. I don't think so. I think everybody had pagers. Yeah, pagers, pagers, pagers were definitely a they thing. They had cell phones that were the size of bricks. Yeah, I mean, and, no, uh, Nokia was really coming out with something Nokia, that was about the size of a, of a smartphone that couldn't do anything that the smartphone could do. Nextel, and they had, a, they had a, people were driving like... Um, uh, what, what like people? Dodge Neons. Well, Dodge Neons and Dodge Luminas. Neon and Lumina Vans. Yes. <laughs> yes, 1995, and people were listening to like uh, uh, Offspring and Bad Religion. Well, I mean, the cool kids were. Everybody else was listening to Smash Mouth. <laughs> and... <laughs> <laughs> and what's his name? And uh, Sugar Ray. Yeah, Sugar Ray may may have come a little after ninety five, but like anyway, we're we're, we're getting way off topic. Um, yeah, I I just I don't think that that Forrest Gump has the depth to be a better film than. So according to your deductive reasoning, Pulp Fiction it, or Trusting it was Redemption. lacking sodomy. It was it was lacking male rape. Yes, if it had male rape, then it would have been okay. I mean, probably. I mean, Forrest Gump did get hit in the ass in the movie, but by a bullet, not a dick. And I think that's really the the differentiating level here. So they had said <laughs> <laughs> so if bullet family film, <laughs> dick Oscar contender. <laughs> I will say that, like I said, I have to read it, man. I mean, I think uh, Forrest Gump, I can watch over and over again. I like Forrest Gump. I think it's a great movie. F- Pulp Fiction is one of my all-time favorites, though. Yeah, Pulp Fiction is a fantastic film. And and it's it's also one of those, because it's told in some... Aside from the sodomy. Aside, it is yeah, yeah. one of the greatest sure. films. Or with the sodomy, it's fine. I, I don't really like the sodomy, but <laughs> aside from the sodomy, it's one of the greatest films. It, it, is, it is by far one, one of the greatest films, uh, especially of, of the year. You know, and I think rightfully has a place in the nominees okay. list, but I I really feel like it was it was okay, robbed wait. of the Oscar that year. 
cult hit or do you think it was a hit that year? Both. Because I remember seeing it that year and not knowing what the hell it was. Because I remember my parents taking it, to, taking me to see it, and after they had re-released the movies mm-hmm. for the Oscars because nobody had seen it, right? So maybe it's a possibility that that movie was just not big that year, and now it's just a super cult hit. Um, you know, Pulp Fiction is one of those movies where when it comes on, I'm going to have to watch it. You know, when I'm when I'm searching for you know stuff on Netflix, if I come across Pulp Fiction, I'm like, I consider it a heavily you know because I, I don't mind watching it for the 20th time or whatever Forrest Gump I've seen a bunch of times and it's a fun movie but I enjoyed it more when I was younger and now I see the seams a little more in it and it's not quite as solid a movie watching experience especially the, old, the older I get Shawshank Redemption like Pulp Fiction is one of those where like when I watch it I'm like Okay, I got to I got to strap in cuz there's they're going to go into some deep shit here. And y- you know, the acting is going to be fantastic and I'm going to cry and I'm you know like I'm 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 going to to have a lot of emotional connection to this movie. Forrest Gump, I have less and less emotional connection the more I watch it. You know, it it's like a, a similar movie um that's more recent is like Interstellar. Um <sighs> Interstellar. There's a moment in. I'm saying that's a bullshit movie. No, no. I'm saying for no. It's not. It's a great <laughs> yes, movie. It is for for me. There's there's a moment in in Interstellar. Matthew McConaughey's right. Matthew McConaughey. Yeah. After he gets off the the planet where time is accelerating. Yeah, I saw the movie. It's and he watches his. It was kids. great up until the end. Well, okay, that's <laughs> that's valid. It was fantastic, and then the ending came, and I was like, this is a bullshit movie it's like the movie next with with it is not like the movie exactly like the movie next it is nowhere near the movie next next was great until the ending and then you go what happened the whole movie fell Uh, apart next was not great from any moment of it it was was. a shitty nicholas cage movie with jessica biel and then no it's the one where he can predict predict the future right yeah yeah but like only 60 seconds ahead of the future no that was a that was a pretty good movie and then you got to the end and you're like what that uh, this this fucking sucks and then you see yeah. interstellar same type of thing great movie all the way down and you're like wait see but the watch and the and the the the, the he's looking through the wall he was a, communicating with her with through the you know space and time that the movie entire needed a time. fucking rewrite you need a rewrite again we're, <laughs> look we're not debating interstellar i'm saying that there's there's we need to. You There's know what? Fuck emo- this. No. <laughs> going no, 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 no. Screw it. No, no, no. We're going to Interstellar. All right. So, <laughs> no, first no, of all, no, 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 no. Chris you- Pratt, Stop. not Matthew McConaughey. No. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You know what Interstellar needed? Chris Pratt. <laughs> it really needed Chris Pratt. That was, that would have been the casting choice I would have made. Yeah. <laughs> I'm saying that in, Didn't in need that- the Lincoln lawyer. It needed someone else. <laughs> in that movie, the- there's a, uh, a, uh, emotional connection that i have that that sustains every time i've watched that movie you, you know when he's watching his his girl grow up and then she gets angry at him and, and it cuts back to him and he's bawling i'm it's it's over it's waterworks like that works so well that's such a good little piece of filmmaking that it's so effective even though i know it's happening you, you know like i don't cry at movies but i can see what you're well saying. you know you're dead inside so like, i'm dead inside <clears throat> but if you did cry at movies, you would cry at that point every time. I cry at movies all the time. I I am such a like hook, line, and sinker in movies. Like I I will watch shittier movies, and um, and not feel like I know that they're shitty, but like not feel like 
ugh, annoyed by how crappy a movie is because I'm like, well, but let's see how they get out of this. <laughs> okay. You know, like I, I, I'm, I'm that much of just a movie fan. I like the the whole process and like you know the storytelling aspect of it. That like I'll I'll watch next and be entertained <laughs> by next, but no, going out of it, yeah, that wasn't good really at all. It was it was a good movie until the end. It was a Nicholas. It was a decent Nicholas Cage movie. That's saying a lot <laughs> for Nicholas Cage, sure. But like he does a movie a week. I think he does a movie a week on Netflix. I think it, that was his deal. He he his might. Deal was, hey, let's do one movie a week until yeah. you actually have enough money to pay your house, he, your ten houses. He doesn't think very much about the projects that that he chooses. Perhaps he's uh, you know really just chasing checks. I I, I think that like was, something went very wrong in Nicholas Cage's life, and he's been repaying. It back, you know, What's since, that since like 90. 96. Once they decided not to make the third uh, <laughs> national treasure, sure. Then, then he decided, okay, I'm just gonna do a bunch of crappy Netflix movies so that I can, so that I can make the make up for the money I should have made on the trilogy. Right. Um, all right. So let, let's uh, let's let's make it definitive. Should we switch the envelope on Forrest Gump? Um, you know, on this one. I know it's our inaugural podcast, but on this one, I would defer because I think any one of those movies should have won Academy Award. It was great nominating, so except you, for for Weddings and a Funeral and, and Quiz Show. Show. Those two movies are shit. It's it, I mean Quiz Show's Quiz Show's a good movie, but it was I, decent. It, it, it was like Next. I just no, it was not like <laughs> it's better than Next. Fine. It was like an it's, Interstellar. Yeah, it's a good movie. It like it's a good movie, but like best picture of the year. It was an entire movie about how one guy cheated on a quiz show. Yeah, and I, it would was... you watch an entire movie about how Steve Harvey cheated at Family Feud? <laughs> no, no, I would not. <laughs> I don't think so. Survey says no. no. Okay, so <laughs> I would have to say that it's you know anything other than those two movies, I'm good with because Pulp Fiction, absolutely. Um, I mean, it's it's a quiz show suffers from pacing. Like it's a very slow movie, and and so that like brings it down. Like that's why like when you're when you're thinking about all the components that make like the good movie of the year, like quiz show was good in all of its parts, but like put together, it it didn't quite hit that magic stride the way that like Shawshank Redemption, where Shawshank Redemption has a, a pacing, you know, a deliberate pacing, but you're engaged the entire time you're watching that movie. Yeah. Pulp Fiction um, is very quick-paced because it's all out of order. It forces you to pay attention the entire now, time. Now, I will say the only problem I ever had with Pulp Fiction was the... <laughs> the people robbing uh, the, the diner? No, no. That's a great part. I love that part. No, that's fantastic. No, it's the it's the one... I don't know if it's the, the first... Marvin? No, it's the first... Uh, Bruce, I think it's the first Bruce Willis one. I, th- I think it's the Bruce oh, Willis the one. Bruce, Bruce Willis boxing me. thing? Yeah, yeah but, that, but without... Like slow and... Without that storyline, you don't get Christopher Walken talking about his father keeping no, but, a watch up his but ass. But the Chris Walken part is great. But then after that, the the, story, the whole storyline with, with Butch and Butch with... The, and it's just like, eh, I can't do without that part. Okay. If they would have edited that part out, I think it would have been a much more succinct movie. Sure. Except you wouldn't have had the situation with Marcellus Wallace. Right, right, and that—that's what I'm saying. The beauty of that movie is all of the webs, all all of the webs, you know, leading together and crisscrossing at multiple points, and, and it's so well crafted as as a, a movie that way. It's so well written. It's so well put together, directed, and everything. You know. Yeah. Um, Although I like the fact that everyone always tries to make something out of the band-aid he's wearing on the back of his neck and it's and it's nothing it's it's, nothing. it's actually marcellus wallace I, or the guy that played him 
caught in the back of his neck. Yeah, uh, I've I've heard a lot of interviews uh, over the years of different cast members talking about the various details that are in the movie, and some of them, like I think the, uh, like the uh, the light that <laughs> is in the in the trunk, um, it was just like you know they lit it, and that's the way it looked. And it's not necessarily referential to his soul or anything. It's just yeah. like ah, that's it's yeah. just to signify like oh, something special is back here that they're guarding. Yeah, you know, um, the the band aid and so many other of those details. It's just like I, I, I don't know. Like it's not really confirmed <laughs> that it was thought of, but the sort of mystery surrounding a lot of those details are also what sort of makes for a good movie watching experience. Makes especially, a good cult classic. Yeah, especially when you watch it four, five, six, twenty times. You know, you, you find those little details along the way because you 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 want to live in that world a lot more. You know, the the thing with Forrest Gump is because it's it's sort of a historical thing too, where it takes you through a journey of somebody's life. You don't get to like live in that world. You know, you're a bystander in that world because, like I said, everything in that movie is is on the surface. It's very it's, it's it doesn't go very deep. It, it just sort of tells you. The events. I mean, like the Vietnam War. Um, that is the happiest Vietnam War ever depicted in in cinema. Well, except where he loses his legs. Well, no, no, he loses <laughs> his legs afterwards. Like no, he loses his war legs in the war. I mean, no, no, but I'm saying them. the war itself, right? Is is the tonally very off? Because from- the whole movie, the whole point of the movie is he's trying to show. They're trying to show people how. How this guy who doesn't really think of anything, he doesn't get too deep into anything. He ends up having this wonderful life because sure. he doesn't have the stresses that we have because he's just thinking of everything just on the surface. He's like, whatever. I mean, this is just my life. Sure, but that's but the way that, that that is valid for telling that story. But it doesn't really like. There's not a lot to sink into, you know, for for a movie when when you're trying like to study Forrest Gump. You you, you wouldn't like need to dig into Forrest Gump very much because they give you everything you need to know right up on, on the top there. Well, the other thing about Forrest Gump that is, if you want to study Forrest Gump, it's not going to be a movie that's a timeless movie because it's very particular to people who are of a certain generation. It's a baby boomer movie. Mm-hmm. If you are somebody who is uh, like the millennial generation and lower, um, you're not going to want to, you're not going to get that movie because you don't connect with those same right. newsreels. You don't connect with the Vietnam War. You don't connect with the same things that Forrest Gump connected with. It's a very, it's a very specific movie to a very specific generation of people. Right, which is why in 1994, 1995, it was when all those a people phenomenon. were 45 to 50. Right, <laughs> right. It, it it really uh, sh- struck a chord. But you know, moving past that, I mean, there there have been other you know pictures that have that have won Best Picture that still resonate. You know, no matter what generation, movies, but there's timeless movies. That one I don't believe is timeless. I believe that time that movie is specific to one generation at that time. I don't think it's gonna. Live, I don't think it's a movie that you can go back and watch. A lot. So that that's Plus, my that's my Jenny, argument. Jenny is a fucking bitch. She's terrible God, in that her. movie. I hate her in that movie. Oh, uh, and she gives him AIDS at the end. Like, I know. Fuck. Like Jenny is. Does nobody terrible. ever wonder in the end? Like, hey, she's dying of AIDS, and you slept with her. Yeah, and she was just like, like it's cool. We can have a kid. She murdered Forrest Gump. <laughs> She's yeah. an awful person. She's a terrible person. Jenny is awful. Yes. We that of anything, we should switch the envelope just because of to, Jenny. To, just because of Jenny. <laughs> the fact that you say that Forrest Gump is not for you considered a timeless movie, 
should automatically say switch the envelope on it because it then wasn't yes. the best picture Shawshank. of those. I'm for Shawshank. Okay, that that's fine. We haven't even talked about Shawshank, really, but I'm for Shawshank because of the ending, man. That's the best ending of any movie I've ever seen ever. With with the boat? Is that, is that what you're talking about? No, not Siwataneo. <laughs> it's the best movie because it is because of the way he escapes from prison. When the, oh, yeah, yeah. That a-hole the whole the guard whole chess thing and the posters yeah. yes, and chiseling he pulls down his the way. Thing and he's yeah. been, you realize he's been oh, chiseling the whole time. That reveal is so, that so is the great. best ending of any movie ever. And so, you know, redemptive. Uh, Except for Ace Ventura, I mean, they're like this. It's very close. Very I'm showing. I'm showing a on visual, a podcast. I'm yeah, doing a visual, visual on a podcast <laughs> on an audio form. Um, yeah, Shawshank Redemp- Redemption is great. I would much rather watch Pulp Fiction. So if I'm going to switch the envelope, I'm switching it to Pulp Fiction. Uh, Shawshank is definitely more in the wheelhouse of like an Academy voter for sure. You know, especially at the time, Pulp Fiction was this new way of thinking about film actually now i think and, not and, honestly uh, now i think that pulp fiction would die. if if you if this if this category would come up and the same exact movies would come out i think pulp fiction would be the winner absolutely i don't think shawshank would be a winner i think absolutely pulp fiction would be the winner that would be the movie that would be like the baby that would be like it's this indie film coming out it's got you know it's edgy that's what people would like yeah it's it's taking the film form and kind of tweaking it and still giving you a compelling story and and good characters and a good you know two hours of entertainment. I mean that's that's sort of the point here is that you switch the envelope, you don't give it to Forrest Gump, you give it to Pulp Fiction because that's the most interesting, best example of filmmaking of 1994. But I think if you're going to the new the new popular category, you know what oh I'm saying? Oh my god, yeah, the popular category. The Oscars, you know, they announce that they're going to do this popular film category. Well, if you're which doing... is basically like the People's Choice Awards interjecting itself into I'm telling you, the you're going to have an asterisk. You're going to have an asterisk by it. People yeah, are, that people Oscar gonna isn't like, going to mean shit. People are going to be like, "Oh, you want an Oscar? What do you want an Oscar for? Oh, best popular film." Yeah. Well, who kids going to oh, care about that? Transformers 8 got an Oscar. Yeah, awesome. Yeah, that's stupid. They're going to give that to Mark Wahlberg and Chris Pine. <laughs> Chris Pine. Chris Pratt? <laughs> no, they're all Chris's. One of the Chris's. <laughs> One of the Chris's. Chris Hemsworth, Pine. Yeah. Any of any of matter. the Chris's is going to get that Oscar. Um, yeah, like the the best popular movie doesn't make any sense for me for Academy voting, but something that has has never existed that I don't know why is like best stunt coordination. Um, because. Stunt coordinators are a huge part of making a lot of these movies. But they're not a huge part of making Academy movies, you know? Shawshank Redemption had stunts. Forrest Gump had stunts. Pulp Fiction had a bunch of stunts. I bet even Four Weddings and a Funeral has a stuntman list. And maybe not Quiz Show. Maybe Quiz Show might have had a stunt. Yeah, stunt I know. They had, to, they had to have a stunt for the guy to walk off the Quiz Show stage. <laughs> yeah. But you know, you know what I'm saying, though. Like, if True Lies, can, really harsh on Quiz Show. I feel like I should go back and watch it just to make it's, sure that it's, it's not. fine. It's a good movie, but like, it's not. It's not Pulp Fiction. It's not Shawshank Redemption. No. But if if True Lies can win or can get nominated for an Oscar for best best visual effects, well, the Governor oh, probably did his own stunts. You know, he did not. <laughs> Um, I know. Have you ever seen Terminator Two? Yeah, you can the see stunt the stuntman. Terrible. The, the stuntman is doing all the stunts. You can see him. Doesn't even look like oh, it's Arnold like, Schwarzenegger. Like you get full shots of face that it's just like this, aren't Arnold it's Schwarzenegger. Like this chubby, it's like this chubby dude with black hair. You know, yeah. Like, well, it's a that wig. Looks nothing he's like wearing, him. Well, he's, one, Arnold Schwarzenegger has a very short cut hair, and then they cut to a stunt double, and it's very thick. <laughs> 
the wig that he has, it, it's. But yeah, he's it's, like this chubby dude, and you're like, "What are you doing with me? That's not him." I mean, how many giant bodybuilder guys do they have on call to do stunts? But if you're the if you're the director, why are you doing a front shot of a guy jumping off the it's freeway? James, it's James Cameron, man. He didn't give a fuck. <laughs> he obviously didn't. Yeah, it's you know it's James Cameron. He kind of does whatever the fuck he wants. But yeah, the the stunt stunt double work in, in Terminator is uh is not great. No, <laughs> not great. You know, um, but anyway, why why not have a stunt coordinator um, category? It's a very significant part of making these films. Well, why don't they have an Oscar for best catering service? That's what I want to know. They <laughs> keep those people fed. They do. That's part of their contract. <laughs> they do. They have to have the green M and M's. Sure. They have to have the grapes from from Argentina. <laughs> Do you have to have the right catering service to get the, some of these people like Chris Pratt? Trailer services? <laughs> what what about transportation? Best transportation on a Best set. Best driver. Here's the thing. You don't I think s- they're all using Uber now. I would say <laughs> I would say that probably not craft services because you don't see that on screen. But the stunt coordination But you see them in the they're listed in the friggin' the credits. They are listed in the well, they are listed in the credits, <laughs> yes. But you don't see their work on screen. Stunt coordinators, you, you see, see on well, screen. Well, technically you do. They're in the belly. <laughs> so you really do see it on screen. And, and the takes. You just don't know about the it. Takes They're that behind the scenes. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Way behind the way scenes. Way behind the scenes. All right. So so I, I think we, we have decided to switch the envelope. We're going to switch the envelope. Absolutely. Sorry. You're no longer the winner. It's a, it's a toss-up between Pulp Fiction and Shawshank Redemption. And if you have any issue with this, then you can... You can yeah e- email Instagram us, us Instagram us at, <laughs> Instagram at us. switch the envelope and tell us what you think we should have switched it to, unless you don't think we should have switched it at all. Yeah, just hit us up on uh, any of our social medias, which you can find on our website, and uh, yeah, let us know what you think. All right, I think right now is a good time to see what could have been in 1994 for the Oscars in 1995. Uh, so ni- 1994. Um, was a decent year for movies. I mean, it, it was more than decent, man. It, this it was. The best I mean, nineteen ninety four is arguably one of the best years for music. Uh, movies were were pretty good. It was a damn good movie. Angels in the Outfield I came mean, out. Blank check. Hello. <laughs> Come on, Maverick. <laughs> the Flintstones. That is, our, Maverick is arguably one of Mel Gibson's best movies. Um, Jodie Foster, Maverick. I mean, it's a really fun movie. It is the best movie. I love that movie. It's it's a really fun movie, but I mean, you know, it's it's no Santa Claus. <laughs> it's no Time Cop. <laughs> time Cop. Oh my gosh! All right, come on. He goes back to the he goes back in the in the Civil War era and uses an Uzi. Yeah, he does. Come on, that is that is that that's gold. That is cinematic gold. <laughs> Jean Claude Van Damme. Why has he always been snubbed for Oscars? <laughs> I lo- honestly. Bloodsport is a great movie. Bloodsport is a fantastic movie, but not a greatly produced movie. Oh, come on. Oh, come on. Uh. Like, it's it's not it's it's a cult classic, but it's definitely a B movie. You know what I'm saying? Whatever. Anyway, let, let's look at more notable films from 1994 that um could be in contention here. Like Speed Speed, no, speed. Come on. Speed. You know what? I Okay, like, we should be talking about some movies that changed cultural, changed the culture of the time. Because a lot of movies that came out at this time actually changed cultural references, pop culture references. 
I gotta say, Speed is one of those movies. Speed is one of those movies. Uh, Dumb and Dumber. Dumb and Dumber is, is one of those movies. Ace Ventura. Ace Ventura absolutely <laughs> changed. There was no there was no Jim Carrey before Ace Ventura. I mean, he was on Living Color and stuff. Sure, but until Ace Ventura came out, there was no real Jim Carrey. Yeah, that was like the explosion of of that kind of stupid fart humor. Exactly. I mean, and 1994 alone has Jim Carrey in The Mask, Dumb and Dumber, and Ace Ventura. Like, how, you, you know, uh, it, it catapulted him into, into A-list. But, you know, none of those really Oscar caliber, I guess. Although, if we're going by the Forrest Gump, you know, slightly special, Dumb and Dumber could have gotten him an Oscar <laughs> nomination. I'm just saying. <laughs> stupid is a stupid does, but dumb is and, you dumber. you know, we really haven't mentioned Lion King. The Lion King is a fucking solid ass movie, and and I agree with you. One of the best Disney movies, but but like let let's look at at the other movies of of nineteen ninety four that that are legit good movies. Like definitely movies that were better than Four Weddings and a Funeral. Okay, one movies that could have contended with <clears throat> Pulp Fiction is Natural Born Killers. Oh, absolutely, Natural Born Killers. Natural Born Killers could have contended with. Uh, Pulp Fiction was on the same yeah, it's, it's type edgy, of, it was it's edgy, overly it stars, violent. It stars um, Woody Harrelson, Woody, Woody, doing his. I think it was the first time he'd actually ventured off of being Woody and actually done yeah, like a real movie. Maybe yeah. Like, did he go from like Cheers to Natural Born Killers? I, I, Is that I, the jump I, that I he actually, made? He I was just like the lovable guy on Cheers, and then became the Natural Born Killers guy. I think he actually did that. I I don't think he did much before. He's, he's never been the same. <laughs> Since that that leap, he's always been just sort of like the weird uncle in Hollywood. No, well, not not the creepy uncle. From just what the I've, weird uncle, you know, he's always done a lot of weed, so I think that's probably yeah, kind that, of why. That's true. That's true. But you know, <laughs> lots of weed. So so yeah, he he goes from Cheers. He did Doc Hollywood. Okay. But that, yeah. that's that's he did Doc Hollywood and, and he did White Men Can't Hand Jump. I okay, remember that. Okay, White Men Can't Jump is he probably did Indecent the big Proposal. Leap. Indecent Proposal was a huge movie. But but is Indecent Proposal just after Cheers? Yeah, or? yeah. He did Indecent Proposal with uh, Demi Moore and Robert Redford. Okay, so and that was so a huge this is, movie. He, he leaves Cheers and he's like, all right, fuck it. I'm gonna do real film acting. Yeah, I'm gonna shake the sort of lovable dumb and he guy. Did the, he did the bomb movie Cowboy Way. That was a terrible movie. Okay. Cowboy, yeah, it was a terrible movie. Oh, Woody Harrelson, yeah, yeah, it was with Kiefer Sutherland. Yeah, it was a terrible movie. And then, uh, oh, so bad. And then he does Natural Born Killers, same year as Cowboy Away. Okay, so so he was he was kind of leading up to Natural Born Killers, and then he does does total shit until Kingpin. Well, yeah, yeah, Kingpin's hilarious. Um, and then the People versus Larry Flint, and then so on and so on. Yeah, and then he becomes like a real actor. Yeah, well, I mean he. You know, he was a real actor prior. But Natural Born Killers was one of those movies that actually, I mean, that was the same genre, that was the same type of movie as Pulp yeah, Fiction. Yeah, absolutely. Great movie. I, I'm not sure that it eclipses Pulp Fiction, but it definitely should have been nominated ahead of Four Weddings and a Funeral. It was written by Quentin Tarantino. Was Natural Born Killers? <laughs> it was totally written by Quentin Tarantino. That would have been insane for like his first Oscars to be nominated for writing Pulp Fiction. Nominated, I think, for directing Pulp Fiction. Nominated for writing Natural Born Killers. Wait, well, hold on, hold on. What's the nominee list? Let's let's go back. I I think he was only nominated for Pulp Fiction for writing. Well, Ooh. he didn't write the screenplay. He just did the story. So the story was written oh, by Quentin Tarantino. Okay. The screenplay okay. was Oliver Stone. 
So yeah, that's that's a fantastic movie. It's a weird ass movie, but it's a it's a really good movie, especially for the time. I mean, not nineteen ninety four. Uh, I mean, that also had like Clerks, mm-hmm. right? Like one of Kevin Smith's uh, you know best films is his debut film. You know, and and it's um you know sort of compounding on Quentin Tarantino's success of being able to write natural dialogue and like have characters talk about real life as opposed to only being expositional players in a movie and you still being able to sort of move a plot along and all that kind of stuff. Um, that that was a, a fantastic movie, especially a, a first movie. I think Clerks better than Four Weddings and a Funeral as well. Probably not better than Quiz Show, but okay. Four Weddings and a Funeral is very low on the bar of, you, of nominated do remember, features. Do you, remember, do you remember really Clerks? I mean, that was so low budget. I don't know, man. But even as low budget as it was... It's still a really good film. It's a good film, but it is... Eh, it's just talking. There's it no is, film to it. It is just talking. I mean, most There's films no film is, to it. is just talking, but... I mean, it's not It's not like an actual film. It's literally like, you know, black and white camera well, in a, in a okay, convenience so store. In a convenience and store, and, and the black and whiteness... Now, I know this wasn't necessarily the intent, but it's sort of like you're capturing the surveillance footage in the convenience <clears throat> store, you know. <clears throat> I know, and like, okay, it would have been a... It, it's a good movie because of how how... Um, very cool to look back on and be like that, but it's not a movie I would I wouldn't I would not watch it over and over again. Oh, I do, but <laughs> I don't. I don't watch I'm, it over and over again because I'm a big Kevin Smith fan. In general, I like but. Clerks, but I wouldn't watch it over and over again because I think like after you've heard the joke one or two times, it's like okay, I've I've heard the snowball joke from the girl a little a couple sure. times. I mean, you know, thirty seven in a row still cracks <laughs> me up, but you know, <laughs> you know, I mean, but. The characters when they took the characters and you made different stuff with the characters from Clerks, I thought it was better than better movies than the actual. Than yeah, I, I mean, the, the, he did he did get get a uh, you know progressively better. I I, I would suppose um, though still keeping that same sort of Kevin Smithness. I just don't think Clerks itself would be like a Academy Award winning. Well, movie. obviously because it wasn't nominated for shit. Because it's 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 Clerks, man. Well, that and you know it's his debut film and. Not a lot of people saw it. Let's be honest. <laughs> Not a lot of I mean, I saw people it, saw it, but it's yeah. But but did you see it in '94? <sighs> or did you see not. it on home video? Like you know, I didn't see Clerks until after I had already seen Chasing Amy, and that was his third. I've still film. never seen Chasing Amy. So. You should totally see Chasing Amy. <laughs> there are good movies that came out that year. Also, there's Legends of the Fall. Legends of the Fall is a great movie. It's also introduced us to Brad Pitt's hair. Oh, the glory. Well, two oh, movies so. that year introduced us to Brad Pitt's hair. Oh, Interview with the Vampire. Interview with the Vampire and, and Legends, Legends of the Fall. Fall. I Just mean, Brad Pitt's glorious locks. Yeah, I mean, one of and those. And Wind or something. I don't you know? think Interview with the Vampire is a very good movie. I think it's a terrible movie. I think it's I mean, annoying. I think it's better than the Twilight movies as far as like, you know, super sappy romantic vampire movies I think go, Tom but... Cruise kills that movie. Tom Cruise kills that movie. It's not. I mean, yeah, it's not. It's not great. It's definitely not Oscar caliber. But Le- Legends of the Fall is, Legends is, of Fall a, really is really a really good movie. It's a really good movie. Uh, I mean, I would put Legends of the Fall next to Quiz Show and say that they're comparable for sure. They they both are kind of slow, you know. Um, I mean, one of my favorite movies of all time came out in 1994. Uh, and one of the movies that Street I Fighter no with Jean Claude Van Damme <laughs> no. Uh, a movie that I credit for sort of jumpstarting my love for sci-fi. Um, Stargate. Stargate. Oh, my God. I love the shit out of Stargate. James Spader and Kurt Russell, and they go through a portal, and they go on an adventure, and it's it's really great. Um, 
and it, like I said, that had a, a, a real significant impact on me as a kid. And, and even now, when I watch it, none of it doesn't really feel dated at all because they're on a foreign planet. It's sci-fi. I, st- I still watch that movie. I love Stargate. You know, it, it's definitely one of those where, like, personally, I would have put it in there somewhere. But I, I understand why it wouldn't have been necessarily nominated for an Academy Award. So that year, 1994, just to do a little rundown. What made the most money? That, that's the biggest, the, yeah. the biggest box office grossing movies was the number one was actually Lion King. What am I telling you, man? Fucking Disney. Lion King was the biggest box office. What, movie. Well, one because it's a great movie, and two because it's a Disney movie. Animated so, features, I'm so sure, if we, from Disney make a if, ton of money no matter what year they come out. If we match these with the movies that actually were nominated, sure. Lion King was number one. Number oh, two was Forrest Gump. Yeah, yeah, it was a very, very popular movie. So, I mean, in that sense, this is probably the only year in the Academy Award history where the best picture of the year actually matched up with a movie that everybody had actually seen. And was the highest grossing live action film. Yeah, Yeah, that's what I'm saying. It's it's a movie that everybody saw, everybody went to see. That's not that common. So you can't really argue against that. Number 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 three is True Lies, which I saw. <laughs> I love True Lies. I have a special place in my heart for True Lies. My the, wife loves True Lies. That was back when Martin Schwarzenegger was he was great. At his peak. Yeah, peak Schwarzenegger. Yes, yeah, before he wanted to do politics, this was a great time for um, Martin Schwarzenegger. True Lies is a pretty good film. You know, like it's 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 a decent action movie. It's really fun. Schwarzenegger is Schwarzenegger, but Jamie Lee Curtis really makes that movie, and. Uh, Tom Arnold. Tom Arnold is great in that movie. Is fantastic. Why didn't he do any more work in the later 90s from just having true lies? Like, he just Because he became, he became Mr. Mr. Roseanne Barr. <laughs> yeah, I, I, he was he was a sort of surprise charm of that movie, and it makes sense why why that movie made a lot of money. One Arnold Schwarzenegger action movie at, the, at peak Schwarzenegger is going to make a lot of money. But, yeah, you know, it's not Best Picture caliber. And, you know, the number four really surprised me because it's The Mask with Jim Carrey. That shocks the hell out of me. The year of Jim Carrey. I, I didn't think that The Mask was as high, higher. It made $300 million. How the hell? Does Holy it, shit. That movie couldn't have cost that much to make, although it had a bunch of special effects. It did in have it, a lot so. of CG in it. But there is some there is some CGI stuff that's like that's like kind of faked. Like when the bad guy does this, does the does the mask. You, you, he, oh, and he just goes, he just, he just wriggles around. Mask on, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and makes some sound effects. Yeah, that's really. And then they cut to him in makeup. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, he doesn't get a cool tornado. Number five. Now, now, so our number one was Lion King that year. In 1994, the number one top-grossing movie was Lion King. The number two top-grossing movie was Forrest Gump. Number three was True Lies. Number four was The Mask. Number five was Speed with Speed. the greatest Reeves. actor of all time, Keanu Reeves. Keanu Reeves. Mr. Mr. One Note, but that one note is so good. <laughs> I love Keanu Reeves, man. I, you know what? Uh, you know, uh, fucking... He is, he's such, like, a genuine person that I want to support him in everything that he does. I love Keanu Reeves. I, dude, I don't know if you're living in LA and you hear this and you're on and you listen to Kevin and Bean. I can't stand why they they always rip on him so much. On Ke- well, he's an easy target because he is sort of one dimensional as an actor, but that one dimension he does is fantastic, and he's charismatic. You know, like, and I think I'm the only person in the world that liked the movie Constantine. Constantine is great. I love Constantine. The two people are like we I are love the only two people. I love Constantine. I don't know why people don't like that movie. You know what? Let's let's start. We're doing an entire podcast on why Constantine is let's, great. Let's start a hashtag. You know what? Fuck yeah. Hashtag Constantine. I love Constantine. Get that trending. Not afraid to <laughs> no, say it. At, but it has to be followed up by hashtag I am an FBI agent. <laughs> hashtag I know angel kung fu. Um, 
So speed, then then what's what's left? Some something's got to be Oscar caliber in the top ten. Okay, so number six, we're gonna go through this next one. So number six is is the Flintstone. Oh, How the well. fuck did the Flintstones get? Thirty three hundred and forty one million dollars. How was Flintstones? How was that not nominated for Best Picture? I, I mean, don't know. Come on, it's a John great Goodman's adaptation best of an animated best. John TV Goodman's, show. Yeah. Dumb and Dumber. God, Jim Carrey was in the top ten with two movies. My God, the year of Jim Carrey, man. Like, and no Ace Ventura. No Ace Ventura in the top ten. No, really. Dumb and Dumber and The Mask. I'm really surprised about The Mask. Uh, you know what? I bet. I bet Ace Ventura when Nature Calls got a bigger box office and would have you know been comparable to The Mask. Or I bet Dumb you. I don't think. Uh, I don't think. I bet you that the actual box office came out in '93. I'll bet you that Ace Ventura did not come out officially in '94. But I feel like it came out. I know it came out before both those movies. Well, yeah, or it may have been really early in the year. Yeah, like I believe that there's yeah, but um, four weddings and then number eight is four weddings and a funeral. See, I, and honestly, I think the fact that it's eight, uh, you know, on the year is one of the main reasons why it becomes nominated for an Oscar or nominated for so many Oscars because it was this little British comedy that you know gained a whole bunch of groundswell. And and became a really highly grossing independent movie, and then that's when you know the Academy goes, oh well, it's an indie movie, so it must be good, you know. But it's 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 dated and boring. I I don't know. And then number nine, Hugh Granty. <laughs> oh oh, he's oh, very Hugh Grantish. Oh, he, oh, 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 he he oh, Hugh Grant's my Hugh the Grant. fuck out of that movie. Oh 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 oh, <laughs> that's my Hugh Grant. <laughs> number nine was Interview with a Vampire. Yeah, and it was a really popular movie. I remember everybody wanting to see that movie. And then let's see. Last, clear and present danger. Oh, dad, Harrison dad movies. Ford, dad movies. Tom As Clancy, Jack Ryan. <laughs> oh, love me, Harrison Ford. And you know what? The, there's a new Amazon series with John Krasinski uh, that's doing the Jack Ryan. Uh, yeah, I know that looks so good. I cannot wait. <laughs> does, I, that mean, does that mean we're we're into dad we, movies now? <laughs> we are so into dad movies. All right. So to recap. 1995 Oscars, Best Picture category, went to Forrest Gump. We are saying switch that envelope. Uh, y- you know, that's that's the way it goes. Sorry, Hollywood, but you got to take the Oscar away from, uh, from uh, you know, Tom Hanks and uh, and all the other people that were, you know, Kathleen Kennedy, I think, was the producer, I think, on, on Forrest Gump. You got to take their Oscar away and uh, put up a revote um, and, uh, you know, probably give it to Pulp Fiction. That concludes our first episode. Awesome. It's been a wonderful episode. It's, I, I feel like it's been our best. <laughs> of course, it's... It has been our best so far. You know, it's our only one, so it can only go up from here. If you like what you heard, please go like and follow us on all our various social media accounts, which you can find on our website, or uh, subscribe to us on iTunes. That would be fantastic. Uh, you know, go and write a review, leave a, leave a little message there that'll help with the analytics and help grow our listenership. Any way that you can would be great. And, uh, you know, before we go <clears throat> completely, there's one last bit of business that we, we're, we're going to want to do here. And, uh, you know, what? why don't you tell them what this little special bit is, Jeff? Well, Corey, <laughs> we are going to dedicate each podcast to one fantastic blockbuster actor who starred in Buffalo Girls in 1995. We're going to dedicate this podcast to Sam Elliott and his wonderful mustache.
mustache. That wonderful mustache. The following has been a Riff Laugh production.